You're listening to the Wild Youth Podcast. Awesome. You guys can go ahead and find your seats. Welcome to the Wild. Do we have any first timers here tonight? First timers, raise your hand. Oh, yeah. We got. <laughs> yes. We have Levi and Cass, our awesome children's pastors. So awesome. Well, I'm so glad that you're here. If it's your first time, welcome. Thank you for coming. Who can tell me what series we are in? Brain Battle. It's all right. At least you guys can read. That's, that's a win. Brain battle. This month we are talking about brain battle, which means the battles that we have in our minds. The battles in our minds. And tonight we are talking about doubt. Doubt. The question that most of us have either asked ourselves at one point, or maybe you're asking yourself that tonight is, is it okay to doubt? Is doubt okay? My answer would be yes, but. Yes, but. It's okay to have doubts, but it's not okay to stay in your doubt. The important thing is what do we do with it? What do we do when we have doubts. And I believe that, that every Christian deals with two specific doubts in their walk at some point. The first one being, God, is this who you really are? Who really are you? And the second doubt being, God, can you really do that? Can this thing really happen in my life? So I know you just sat, but let's go ahead and stand. We're going to read our scripture for tonight. 1 Peter 5, verses 6 through 11. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to that. 1 Peter 5. This will be the same scripture we read last week and the same scripture we will have all month. So you have four weeks of hearing it and really digesting it. So here we go. Humble yourselves. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood, Throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. You guys can take your seats. As you take your seats, I want you to yell out your favorite road trip game. I spy Chinese fire drill. Karaoke, that's a good one. What? 
What? Oh, your phone. That doesn't count. Is someone saying shotgun? How are you playing that on a road trip? Oh, it's a card game. Okay, it's not like shotgun, I get the front seat. That's where my mind immediately went. Okay. Maybe someone yelled this out, but I didn't hear it. One of our favorite road trip games is 20 questions. Yes. 20 questions. Raise your hand if you know what that is. Most of you. Okay. So the concept is one of you thinks of something. You usually have a category. And the other person has 20 questions to ask to figure out what the thing is that you're thinking. Usually yes or no questions. And usually what happens in my playing 20 questions, especially with Ian, is I discover how little I actually know about the thing I chose. <laughs> because if you know anything about Ian, he is very good at asking questions. And so maybe I pick some animal and he asks me like, what do, like, do they eat meat? I, I don't know. Sometimes I don't know. Or um, do they hibernate in the winter? Sadly, I don't always know the answer to that question. And so he asked me all these questions, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I should have chose a better thing. And for instance, we were playing one time, and our, our category was movie character. Movie characters. So I chose Frosty the Snowman. Yes, Frosty the Snowman. And he asked me some question like, um, did this character start in the movies? Like, is that where their story started? And I was like, I don't know. Because <laughs> in my head, I'm like, there's songs about him. There's shows about him. I'm sure there's books about him. But I have no idea where his story started. And I still don't know because I never looked it up, right? <laughs> but I had never thought to even question that before. I had never thought to ask the question, where did Frosty the Snowman start? You see, asking questions takes a lot of brain power. It's tiring. It can be exhausting. You're, you're asking questions in order to uncover something or to discover something. It's like, with what little information I do have, what can I ask to figure out more? Like, that's the whole purpose of 20 questions, right? With the little information I have, what else can I ask? But sometimes I don't ask the questions because it's just easier for me to run with the information I do have rather than trying to find out more. Like, in my mind, I have enough information. I don't need to know anything else. And I think that way of thinking, which honestly is just lazy, right? That's just us being lazy. I would rather not ask more. That way of thinking has led us to a period of time where we hate questions. It's led us to a time where people just hate questions. Because we get in this mindset that if you question me, you either disagree with me or you think I'm wrong. And we tend to care more about not looking stupid, or we just care about being right instead of what is right. 
I would care more about being right than what is actually right. And you see, that not only leads us to respond negatively when questioned, but it also stops us from even asking questions. Because we don't want to offend anyone. Or we don't want to seem incompetent about whatever the topic is that we're talking about, right? Like, if I ask a question, you now know that I didn't know the answer to that. That's where our pride comes in. And so that leads me to my first point for tonight. The title of this message is Doubt into Faith. Doubt into Faith. So point number one, if you don't question, you don't grow. If you don't question, you don't grow. See, asking questions shows humility. It's saying, I don't know all of the information, but I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to learn more. And just like our scripture says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. We have to humble ourselves when it comes to asking questions. And those questions then, they spur us on to study further. They spur us on to look deeper into topics, right? Because once I find out one answer, I'm like, wow, I want to know more. I want to know even more. And questions simply just show an interest in having true understanding. See, it's just like a relationship, a friendship. In order to get to know someone, you have to ask some questions, right? You have to ask them questions. You have to spend time with them. And the same is true with God. Because we have a relationship with him. And so by us not questioning, by us not questioning what we believe and what we know about God, it's like saying, God, I don't care enough to ask you questions. God, I don't care enough about who you are to dive deeper into it and find the answer. That hurts, right? Like, that would hurt if, if I had a friend who came to me and they never asked me any questions. Have you guys ever experienced that? Have you had people in your life who you have a conversation with them and they just talk at you the whole time? They never ask you a single question? That sucks. Because we all want to be known, right? We want people to know about us. God wants the same thing. He wants to be known by us. In order to get to know him, you have to ask questions. And you have to spend time with him. Point number two. So at the beginning, I shared two doubts with you, right? So God, is this really who you are? That's just what we talked about. You have to ask God. You have to get to know him. You have to ask the questions. The second doubt that I said was, can you really do this? So point number two, impossibility is the doorway to a miracle. Impossibility is the doorway to a miracle. See, in our Christian faith, we will find ourselves in situations that are beyond our capabilities. 
We'll find ourselves in situations where, God, if you don't show up here, I'm going to look like an idiot. I will look stupid if you don't show up in this situation. God will put something on your heart, whether it be a desire, an amount to give, and an offering. Maybe it's a place to go, go abroad, go to a missions trip, or maybe it's a ministry that you're going to start or a friendship that you need to make. There's so many things that he could ask of you, but all of those things are steps of faith. They're steps that God is putting in your path to take. And they're usually so big that if he doesn't show up, you're going to look stupid. And we have to humble ourselves and say, I'm okay with looking stupid if God doesn't show up because I would rather be obedient than stay where I'm at and not grow. Those are the moments where you're going to ask God, can you really do this? And whenever someone comes to me and they say, Connor, I feel like I'm in this, this place. I'm just stuck. Like, this is impossible. I don't see how I can get out of this place. I just tell them, the impossible is the perfect place to be in to see a miracle. If you want to see a miracle, you need to be in an impossible situation. And that's exactly where Abraham found himself. Abraham, the father of faith. That's what he's called, the father of faith. You see, God promised Abraham that he would be the father of many nations. Now, what's so impossible about that, right? Abraham had no children. When God promised this to him, he had no children. But on top of that, him and his wife Sarah were old, like really old. I'm not talking like 40 years old, because that's all old to you. I'm talking 100 years old. Seriously, they were 100 years old. In Genesis 18, it says, the way of women had ceased to be with Sarah. So what that means is her body was physically not able to get pregnant anymore. That's how old Sarah was. They were in a God, can you really do this moment. So let's read Paul's recap of this story. Romans 4, verses 18 through 22. It says, In hope he, being Abraham, believed against hope. Some other translations say, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyways. He believed that he should become the father of many nations as he had been told. So shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead. That is literally what the word of God says. His body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised, and that is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness." It says that no unbelief 
made him waver concerning the promise of God. It doesn't say that he didn't have disbelief, right? It doesn't say that he didn't doubt. I'm sure Abraham had some doubt. No, it said that against all hope, Abraham kept on hoping. See, the testimonies of the impossible draw us closer to God, but we will never have those testimonies if we stop at the first sign of doubt. If we let that doubt stop us in our tracks, we will never grow in our faith, and we will never see God be faithful. We won't see God come through if we aren't obedient through the doubt that we have. So as we split up into small groups tonight, the question that I want you asking yourself is this. What doubt have I been battling in my mind? What doubt have I been battling in my mind? Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, go to myeternity.com slash wild. Or you can join us in person on Wednesdays from 6.30 to 8.30 at Eternity. Yeah.